0: Hey there, my name's Michael Laminato and this is practice day at the 2023 Singapore Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pit Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts. And on today's episode, Ferrari tops both practice sessions in one-two formation on an unpredictable day around Marina Bay, while Red Bull Racing, complete with some new parts, struggles for pace. Carlos Sainz topped the all-important nighttime FP2, but Sergio Perez and Max Verstappen were around seven-tenths of a second further back in seventh and eighth. There's still a long way to go for this weekend, but there's no doubting Red Bull Racing has some work to do to maintain its flawless season streak. So for a dive into an unusual practice day, and for a look into what makes the Singapore Grand Prix such a highlight event in a long season, it's over to your host, Julianne Cerasoli.
1: been another uneventful Friday in Singapore, in which the sad destiny of the lizard who crossed Fernando Alonso's path during FP1 would be the talk of the day, but it was far from that. The ease in which Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc set the pace with Ferrari, while Red Bull closed the second session, the most important session of the day, the only one held at night, as will qualifying and the race be, in 6th and 7th places. More than that, while the Ferrari drivers barely made any corrections at the wheel, Sergio Perez and Maxus Tapping had clear difficulties. It was already expected that the Red Bull would suffer a little bit more in Singapore due to the nature of the tracks, with the bumps being a street track, uh, because this has already happened a few times this year, mainly in Canada. But not this much, I believe. Perez said that the rear is really tricky, it's almost as if the rear is trying to overtake the front and this happened to him especially in the second free practice when he was using Red Bull's updated floor. Verstappen had used the same floor in the first free practice and he was third, but Max was also sliding a lot during FP2 so maybe it could be more down to temperatures than the floor itself with both struggling more in the night session, which is again the most important session of the day. Even so, Ferrari's 1-2 was surprising. Leclerc arrived on Thursday saying it was going to be a bit of a difficult weekend for them, because in fact, Ferrari does suffer when he uses the more loaded rear wing. Remember in Holland, they couldn't even use the high downforce wing because it destabilized the car so much. But with the stop-and-start nature of Singapore's corners, this bad behavior so to speak, has disappeared, or at least that's what it looked like this Friday. But it's worth remembering that track evolution in the Singapore Grand Prix is huge throughout the weekend. The important thing is to arrive on Saturday night with the best possible setup for how rubber the track is going to be at that moment, which is something the teams can only predict, even more so this year, because there are two important changes on the track. The first one, of course, is the replacement of four corners with a long straight. Let me just talk for a moment about that. The drivers wanted another DRS zone there, but it wasn't approved to be tested this Friday. There are two versions on the paddock on why. Either some teams basically didn't approve it, or simply missed the deadline to say if they were okay with it or not. But anyway, drivers are still pushing for it. And the second change is something Lewis Hamilton was super excited about, the new tarmac in the first sector. He said that the track has improved so much that it might be easier to overtake going into turn 7, simply because you exit the corners better. And that was unexpected to hear. Speaking of Hamilton, Mercedes seemed to be alright, and so did Aston, stronger in race Stream though, and McLaren, so-so. Landon Norris has the only updated McLaren this weekend, but he did drop when the night came, so the engineers do have a lot to understand as Lando's first impressions were super positive about the upgrades. In other news, Helmut Marco has suffered a warning by the FIA after his comments about Sergio Perez not being as focused as Europeans. And as a South American myself, I will not comment about his lack of geographic knowledge. Christian Horner was under some pressure by the media to also do something about Marco. This story certainly hasn't become yesterday's news as quickly as Horner would have hoped for. And Toto Wolf is watching closely how Felipe Massas case against the FIA and F1 about the 2008 championship stands out, he said that this could open a precedent for Mercedes to try to do something about Abu Dhabi 2021 and apparently the type of lizards that are common here prefer walking during the day, that's what I learned today, so hopefully the drivers will be more careful during FP3 and the Asian water monitor lizard population should be safe. This is only the first part of today's podcast as I've decided to do something different this time as Singapore is such a singular race. So remember I told you guys that I wanted to prove to you why Singapore is cool. I know some of the fans think that it's a boring race. I know sometimes Sunday it's a bit... It takes a long time to end. But it's one of my favorite races and I decided to have a quick chat with Kate Walker. who used to do Formula One from when? Uh, 2010 through to the end of 2019. And then she left F1, went to do more interesting stuff for in her life. But in the last two Grand Prix, she decided to meet us here. Why here? because Singapore
2: is one of the best races on the calendar. Not for the racing, I'll admit. Not the best on a Saturday, on a Sunday, and nobody needs to think about free practice ever. But Singapore is really special, Um, geographically they are in a cross, they're in a position where you have got food coming from Asia, you've got food coming from India, you've got a huge immigrant community, I mean Singapore is effectively made up of immigrants, everybody arrived here, even the people who think they've been here forever. Um, And they really have found a way of combining their cultures. Um, it's not perfect you know there is bits of racism and stuff but the food oh you have no idea like it's impossible to eat badly in Singapore
1: so how many times you came here and how many times in the last few years that you weren't in F1 so you didn't have this excuse of the race Uh, well I think this is my sixth time in
2: Singapore so far in 2023
1: (laughs) So, what did you eat that you liked the most?
2: Uh, Well, I mean, I love... So, Singapore, one of the things that they're famous for is a dish called carrot cake. And it doesn't include carrots or cake. (laughs) And the first time I had it, I was introduced to it by a local friend, a woman who marshals here. And um, she said, you like carrot cake. And I was thinking of the orange stuff we have in Europe. I was like, not so much. Seriously, people, if you come to Singapore, get yourself either black carrot cake or white carrot cake. It's stir-fried radish with bits of shrimp and spicy sauce and egg and vegetables and it's a whole meal. And do you have any idea why is it called carrot cake? No clue, because it's not made from carrots. It's either made from turnip or from radish.
1: (laughs) So apart from eating, what else is there? to do here?
2: Well, so one of the things that's really cool about Singapore with all the different cultures is you've got this huge mix of religions and they do cohabit. I mean, you have a Chinatown and you have a little India, but if you go through Chinatown, you have, in a row, Mosque Street pagoda lane and I think church avenue and and you do have a huge Hindu temple in the middle of Chinatown and then you go up to little India and you have got um, proper Chinese pagodas And, and the first time I came to Singapore in 2010 I was staying in little India because it was really cheap, and I come out of the metro and I walk straight into a parade because it was some sort of Hindu festival, <laughs> and everybody is topless, throwing paint and color at each other, singing in the streets. And I thought this is uh, this is Asia, and I'm in love. <laughs> I hope
1: you are not wearing white. I Never. know you I, I know you well <laughs> enough to know you are <laughs> all black all the time. <laughs> Have we ever spoken with f1 fans who come here only for the race or? They have a good experience when they come here.
2: Well, what I found actually, I mean, it's it's a bit different now, I guess, with Drive to Survive, um, because Singapore has always had one of the biggest international fan bases. I mean, yeah. I think it's something like 70% of the audience fly in for the race. And it used to be, for the first at least, up, at least up until about 2015, 2016, people would come not for the race, but for the concerts, because mm-hmm. you spend your yeah. $200 and you get to see, I don't know, Red Hot Chili
1: Peppers. So I think this year it's Post Malone and the Kooks. So Yeah, it's like what happened in Austin as well, and in Saudi they're trying to do the same thing. In Saudi, I've seen the track a little bit empty, and then as we're leaving the track to go home, people are flooding in to see Beyonce or whatever they have, That I don't know, it wasn't Beyonce. Well, do you a
2: Taylor Swift in Austin, not a single person at the circuit, (laughs) and then a thousand million people waiting for (laughs)
1: Tay-Tay. And because of that, they changed the the timings of of the sessions and all that.
2: Well, I have a tip for anybody who does come to Singapore for the race. If you're lucky enough to fly out of Changi Terminal 3, make sure that the last thing you do is go to Tip Top Curry Puff and buy yourself a Beef Rendang Puff. It is Singapore in two perfect bites. It's a combination of cultures and it's... I mean, I don't even like meat
1: and I want the Beef Rendang Puff every day. Oh, this is everything we need to hear to be convinced that singapore is actually a very fun place a very nice place to attend as well if you can bear the heat so this was my last question do you have any tips for people who come here and struggle with the heat we were speaking about it in yesterday's podcast i was mentioning that i prefer not to have my ac on i prefer to be in this warm temperatures all the way and i think that that works for me. It does work. I got a great tip from uh, the NPO of the race, the
2: national press officer from S- press officer from Singapore. He introduced me to a soup called tang which is a singaporean chinese soup made up of, it's served cold over ice and it is made up of ingredients that chinese medicine thinks are cooling for the body. Mm-hmm. And i try and have a bowl of it every day and it really does make a difference to my internal body temperature. It's like magic chung ting people <laughs> amazing amazing
1: tips. so yeah let's wrap up today tomorrow I'll come back with everything about qualifying and everything that happened behind the scenes of the Singapore Grand Prix see you then bye bye
0: thanks very much to Julianne and to Kate Walker for a brief glimpse into what makes this such a special event Make sure you don't miss an update from the Singapore Grand Prix by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts, and you can visit us at pitpassmotorsports.com. While you're there, check out the Pit Pass Motorsports blog, powered by Podium Life, featuring racing articles and motorsport industry news. You can also keep up to date with goings-on between episodes by following Julianne on social media. Just check the links in the show description. My name's Michael Laminato. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast.